Welcome to episode 51 of the Ask a Chief show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We are your hosts, Lauren and Jason. <laughs> Sorry. I just kicked the chair. So loudly. <laughs> Should I start over? Yeah, go ahead. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing what people mean when they say more muscle equals a faster metabolism, fast twitch versus slow twitch muscles, and how we organize large group classes. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What's up, Achievers? Episode 51. I feel like it's the first nice day of the year. That's that's not true. (laughs) Yesterday was a beautiful day. All weekend. Well, Saturday was really nice. Jason has this thing where he always says at the toward the end of the summer, he's like, it's the last nice day of the year. I, we have to go outside. I, I get so alarmed that we've just experienced the last nice day of the year. And I'm like, we have to do something outside. Let's go take Diesel for a walk. Let's go do something. <laughs> and then like that carries on until like October. Yeah, he does it for like, he starts it in like the end of August. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, our summers are so precious here in Boston that it's like, you got to hold on to every little bit. I mean... Even in spring, like May and like June, it's usually just raining. Like it's yeah. kind of nice out, but it's usually just raining. So it's like we've got July and August, and like in my head, I'm like, oh my god, like it's gonna be winter in <laughs> September. <laughs> what a pessimist! <laughs> um, but actually, usually it's really nice until like October. So yeah, I mean Yay. Boston's awesome in the fall as well, yeah. and yeah, the warmth usually carries on up until then. So, but I mean, we've had snowstorms in like Halloween, like October 31st, and just like. You never know. You never you know. You just the never year. know. It could always be the last nice day. <laughs> but I don't know if you've ever accurately predicted that it's the last nice day. <laughs> no, I, I definitely have not. <laughs> um, but luckily, we've had we have a lot of first nice days happening right now, or mm-hmm. like early nice days, so just the best feeling ever. We went to um, Babies R Us. That was our big Memorial Day weekend activity. Um, I guess they're going out of business, so everything is like. 60% off, right? 40 right now. 40% yeah, off? Yeah, I bet it'll keep going down. And we're kind of in a weird spot where we, like, we want to buy stuff because it's so on sale over there, but we don't know, like, what to put on the registry right now. And it's like, by the time people go out and buy these things, it's going to be too late, right? Like, like I feel like they'll be sold out of stuff. Yeah, so it's we're kind of in a weird spot. We're like, do we just buy it all and then, like, sell it back to people at the shower? No. <laughs> Auction style. That's weird. <laughs> Who wants to roll? <laughs> Um, um, but it is exciting to Jason, like, went over to the... I Actually, I spied on Jason a little bit because we also went to Old Navy to see if I could buy... I realized that I really need to buy some new clothes because nothing fits anymore. Uh-huh. Um, and then I saw Jason looking over at the little boys, like outfits they're so cute. he was so he was so happy <laughs> it was really i think we're cute. gonna go with the giraffe theme right that's what we I mean, we've been gravitating toward giraffes we both have been it's, so. it's funny that like what animals like they draw cutely but it's like they they have like elephants and it's like you ever look at an elephant it's like not cute by any means <laughs> but true. they like make it look adorable elephants and with but i mean giraffes whales, are cute like whales no aren't what. cute but they make whales super cute looking um, yeah, giraffes are kind of cute. Giraffes are cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I was saying. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That was our big weekend. <laughs> it was really very adventurous. All right, so let's get into the show. So we want to start with the first question, which comes from AJAY Nurse. 
AJ Nurse. <laughs> um, and they said, my question is, when people talk generally of the term more muscle equals better BMR, which means basal metabolic rate, and less fat, what does actually more muscle mean? Because an individual cannot increase the number of muscle fibers in their muscular system through resistance training. Um, I really love these questions because like this sort of stuff gets like brought up so often that a lot of people kind of like dismiss it as like very common knowledge but like when these questions get asked we're like oh like people should clear it up um, even a little bit further because it's not just like it isn't common knowledge unless you're like you're actually in an industry or you actually like care about this stuff right no and it makes sense to like you like that this question makes so much sense yeah like what do you mean by more muscle? Because you have a certain amount of muscles in your body. Yeah. How can you make more? You yeah. can't create more muscles. You can't have a second bicep. Yeah. A third so, bicep. Well, you can't um, create more muscle fibers. What you can do is increase the size of each fiber. And when you increase the size of each fiber, they become more, quote unquote, metabolically expensive, which means you need more energy to um, kind of upkeep the amount of um, the size and the amount of um, muscle you're actually storing, right? Yeah, so it, it also, like, there's two parts of this. Like, having more muscle does increase your, having, like, larger amounts of muscle, like, larger muscle fibers, um, does increase your basal metabolic rate to an extent, but you have to continue to work out and continue to build those muscles in order mm. to continue to see those results. So you can't just work out, gain muscle, and then kind of live in this raised metabolic state. Yeah. You have to continue to actually, because actually part of what's going on there with that increased metabolic rate is you're breaking down muscle while you work out and your body has to, it takes energy to repair that muscle mm -hmm. um, and to restore it. And so that energy comes out as calories. And mm -hmm. so your metabolism has to work harder in order to repair that muscle. Um, so you have to continuously strive toward building muscle. It's not just like put on a bunch of muscle and then chill out on the beach and, and enjoy this new raised <laughs> the metabol metabolic rate because it won't stay raised if you don't continue to be active and, and strength train. Yeah. Unfortunately, you lose it way quicker than you can gain it. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but that's also the reason why we promote strength training so much. Um, you know, there, there's nothing against, we, we have nothing against running or other forms of like cardiovascular training, but you just like, if the cardiovascular training doesn't just doesn't build up as much muscle as strength training, uh, if really at all that much, mm -hmm. um, except for maybe like cyclists that are yeah, going depends, at a high like, intensity yeah, sort of thing. Quads. But like <laughs> the general like jogging or running sort of thing isn't going to be nearly as like muscle anabolic as strength training. Um, and with that, the basically the amount of calories burned ends up being the amount that you're active. And so if you're strength training and you build more muscle mass and you become, again, more metabolically expensive, even at rest, when not doing anything, you are actually burning more calories. So it just becomes a much more efficient process, much more sustainable process, right? Right. And you don't have to do it as often to maintain that metabolic rate mm -hmm. than like with running or jogging. Like if you're doing, if you start running two days a week and you see some really good results, you have to, to continue to see results, you have to increase the amount you run. So you have to then right, go to yeah. three days a week and then four days a week and then five days a week. And then you're running five miles a day. And all, and usually what ends up happening is you get to a certain point where you either get really sick of running or <laughs> you might have like an overuse injury. So that just doesn't happen as much with strength training because it's easier to get to that point of seeing results with strength training without having to add on so much time or so much um, like 
consistency as you do with cardiovascular training. Yeah, you training. can easily just progressively overload yourself with either a little bit more weight or a little more sets, reps, time under tension, less rest, um, different sorts of exercise variations, and all these little tweaks can really add up to um, producing some sort of stimulus to increase more muscle, um, not just increasing the amount of time that you do it, like Lauren just said. So. Um, yeah, it just becomes just a lot more efficient, a lot more manageable. And this isn't to say cardiovascular training is bad or no, like no. eats away in muscle. In fact, we think that cardiovascular training really helps support your weightlifting. And, you know, over time, as you get more and more advanced with your strength training, um, you're going to have to do more and more sets over time. And having a good cardiovascular system helps you to recover in between sets uh, better and quicker and helps you to um, maintain your energy levels throughout the workout. So we think both are super important, but this is why we skew a little bit more towards strength training um, when someone is just starting out early on. Yeah. Cool. Great. All right. Question number two comes from Mahad Musi 29 and she asks, thanks for the con. Hey guys, thanks for the content. What are type one and type two twitch muscles? Is one better than the other? Can you develop either one or is it based on genetics? And can you have more type one in one area of your body, but have more type two in another, or is it the same all around? Appreciate the consistent viewer involvement with the podcast. Love and a um, hang loose sign, <laughs> which I love. Um, a lot of muscle fiber questions this podcast. Yeah. Um, basically, type 1 and type 2. Type 1 is um, what's traditionally referred to as a slow twitch fiber, whereas type 2 is a fast twitch uh, fiber. Now, there's type 1, and there's also two different types of type 2, the fast twitch fibers. So there's type 2, I think type 2A and type 2B. And from my understanding... You can't transition a type 1 fiber to a type 2 fiber. However, you can transition between type 2A and type 2B. I think um, the, the type 2A one is a little bit more of like a transitioning fiber. And based on your training, it can kind of like fluctuate. But basically, you can kind of train your body to have a more of a propensity to target more one fiber more so than the other but you can't necessarily change the amount of fibers you have. It's, it's more of a genetic thing, basically, is yeah. what I'm saying. Um, so you might be born with naturally more type 1 fibers, and that would predispose you to be more of a endurance type of person. Whereas if you are born with more type 2 fibers, specifically type 2B, you might be more of a, kind of an explosive person. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's and it is very, very genetic. I mean, my family like is a pretty good example of this. So mm -hmm. my dad and my brother are both really good athletes, and I would consider myself a decent athlete as well. Um, and my mom is a great athlete too, but I wouldn't exactly put her in the fast twitch fiber category <laughs> just because she and and maybe she is actually she just never really trained as a as a kid or growing up. But yeah. but my brother um, when he was in high school, he won the state meet in the six hundred meter sprint and. Basically, he turned the 600 meter, which is like it's mid distance. Essentially, he he was able to crank that into a sprint. And that's how he won. And it's just because he's just naturally fast. Yeah. And he pushed to get to that distance. But his speed was just natural. Like he didn't have to work on speed. He didn't do any speed training. Yeah. He didn't do any specific like muscle, like work on specific muscles to he didn't really do a lot of lifting. Like he was just fast. And that just 
kind of runs in my family. Yeah, there's a reason why a lot of track people, they don't really gravitate towards 500s and 600s. The faster sprinters will go for like 400s and all the way down to 50 meters. Um, when you start entering that five to six, you're not quite to the endurance part yet, right? You're yeah. not like past 800. So it's like, it's oh. just like weird in between where you have to be really fast, but sustain that for much longer than your average sprint. And so I, I think it's like, that's perfect situation for someone who is more fast twitch, but also mentally very strong. Right? Yeah, you know? so. <laughs> definitely. I think that's like the worst race. I, I ran the hundred and the four by four by one. Mm-hmm. So like no, nothing over a hundred. Every once in a while I had to run the 200 and it, was long. Yeah. <laughs> One time I ran the 400 and I thought I was going to die yeah. because I couldn't. I also like, if you have a lot of fast twitch muscles, you actually have a harder time accessing. I feel like your slow twitch muscles, mm-hmm. or maybe this is, this is totally anecdotal <laughs> from my experience. But like when I run, I have a really hard time running slowly yeah. and it helped. It holds me back from being able to run long distances. So mm-hmm. like training for a half marathon for me was a total, like, it, I had to completely change the way I approached running because I was so used to just going out and running a, a mile just as fast as I could. Yeah. Um, so it, it does like you are just you tend to be more predisposed to running at a certain speed or to doing things at a certain speed. Um, and I do think that that's mostly genetic. Yeah. And there's definitely like one's not better than the other. It's only like you can only choose that kind of route if you know what you're trying to do. So if you're like a football player and you need to be very explosive, then yeah, you should train explosively to try to maximize the amount of ratio of um, fibers that you have compared to slow slow twitch fibers. Um, but conversely, if you're an Ironman athlete, triathlete, uh, marathon runner, hiker, whatever it might be, um, you're gonna want to train specifically so that you try to maximize um, the size of your slow twitch fibers. So not one's better than the other. It's just, you might be predisposed to one and kind of like natural selection kind of takes care (laughs) of that. Like a lot of times, just when you're younger, you start to play basketball and football and you're just like a little bit slower than the other people. And you're like, well, I can get really good at running. And then like cross country. (laughs) Yeah. And that becomes your thing. Or you play tennis or like some of those other, like, um, slower twitch sports. Um, but still like very athletic still. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I hope I hope that helps clear it up. Basically, you really can't increase one or the other. Yeah. Um, so it is more genetic than anything else, but you can optimize the ones that you do have. Yes, yeah. Cool, to sum it up. All right, cool. So we'll move on to our third and final question. This one is from Sharon.mar.94. I think we've had a couple questions from her, actually. Um, and she said, oh yeah, I, hi, I have another podcast question for you. Um, how do you guys run very large groups? For example, your charity workouts look like they get a big turnout. How do you manage everything in terms of equipment, space, coaches, etc.? This is a perfect timing because we actually have a charity workout this Saturday at um, 11.15, right? 11. 11. Yeah. 11 a.m. Um, and basically, we take over the entire gym and uh, we clear everything out and we just run one big giant charity workout for a member's like charity of choice, basically. Basically, a member comes up to us and say, hey, this charity is really important to me. Like, it actually affects me personally. And this time it was uh, Kristen, right? Kristen and, yep. and your mom and as my well. Mom. Yeah. yeah, but Kristen's the one who brought it up. So Kristen um, was diagnosed when she was nine years old with type 1 diabetes. Um, and my mom was diagnosed at... at 
almost 60 years old with type 1 diabetes, which mm-hmm. is very rare. Um, but they, um, yeah, they've kind of bonded over this. And Kristen has been a, a good, really good advocate for type 1 diabetes and, and has actually been very helpful for my mom as well. Um, but she came up and said, hey, I would love to do, like, this is something obviously that's very meaningful to me. I would love to do a charity event for it. Could we do a charity Metcon? Those are kind of the no-brainers for us. We're like, of course, we know this is important to you. Um, and so we we start by setting up the date with the person, and then we um, rearrange our schedule for the day so that nobody is scheduled for a session with any coaches at 11 o'clock from 11 to 12. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, and we make sure that all of our coaches are free and available at that time so that they can help monitor the whole class. Because the biggest one I think we ever had was about 80 people. Yeah. So we've had a lot of people show up. Um, we have about 5,000 square feet of space that we, that like usable space. So we do have a good amount of space for, to fit that many people. Um, but there's still a lot of logistical things that we need to consider. So we usually have four to five coaches monitoring the group. Um, what we do is we do two circuits. We set up two circuits. We split the gym basically in half and we, we cut the group of people in half. So let's pretend that there's 60 people there. We put 30 people on the right half of the gym, 30 people on the left half of the gym. And on each half, we'll have six stations set up that a group of six people are going to be at. Okay, so there's like teams. We tell everybody to team up into six people and they team up into six people. And then within that group that they're in, they split up into group A and group B. Three people in group A, three people in group B. Mm -hmm. Now, when they go into the circuit, we're going to do 30 seconds of work for group A, 30 seconds of work for group B. And then we're going to give 10 seconds to rotate to the next station where group A starts off again. 30 seconds of work. 30 seconds of rest. So we have six groups of six people on one half of the room where half the group is working, half the group is resting, and they quickly switch places and then they rotate around. Yeah. So we set the clock. We set the clock for six rounds of one minute on and 10 seconds off, basically. And then all our job is to basically say three, two, one, go. And then at the 30 second mark, we say switch and we try to get them to switch as quickly as possible. And then when the beeper goes, we say stop and we tell them to quickly transition for those 10 seconds. To rotate to the next To station. rotate, yeah. 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 So, And then we usually do two rounds of, of each circuit. So each group will stay on their half of the room for two rounds, and then we'll switch halves, and then they'll do two more rounds, and, and that's the whole workout. Yeah. Um, so it usually takes about an hour because we start with a little speech from the person who is putting on the Charity Metcon. We do yeah. introductions because a lot of times we're getting people who haven't been to Achieve before, don't know who the coaches are. Um, the workout in total probably is actually only like 35 minutes, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, but that's totally fine. Usually for charity workouts, for big group events like that, we're really not trying to – we're ma- trying to make them fun. Yeah. We're not trying to, to kill anyone with this workout. So we always make sure something really important with a huge group like that is to always make sure at the beginning that you set expectations. Mm -hmm. So what we usually say is if you've never done a Metcon before, really take it slow in the first round. If you feel like you went too easy, that's fine. You have three rounds to push hard after that. But try to set expectations that this could be really hard. So don't put all your, like, don't go all out in that first round. And we learned our lesson personally from that because we had a couple people come into those early ones who needed some Gatorade and the bathroom. (laughs) We were like, oh no. Yeah. So, and we never want that. So we want to make sure that people are having a good time, that they're treating this as a way to raise money, but also get a good workout in, but not, uh, not go all out. Yeah. The, the structure where basically people switch at the halfway point is great because it just keeps the energy up 
the whole time rather yeah. than everyone going at once and then everyone stopping at once and kind of like ha- having every- everyone awkwardly pause. There's still something going on. Half the group is still working out while the other half we encourage to cheer and clap and it just like really raises morale. And then the second part of it is in terms of exercise selection, we make it as easily um, coaching less intensive as possible. So we're not doing like <laughs> kettlebell, kettlebell swings, swings yeah. uh, no barbell stuff. It's like all like high knees, plank, um, ropes, yeah. TRX, sleds, maybe the bikes, the bikes basically rowers, things like yeah. that need just as little coaching as possible. And then obviously we still coach them up in between, but it just makes it go by like just much, a much more seamless process. Yeah. Um, there's just, you can only do so much coaching in a group of 60 people. And so you have to like set yourself up for success there and not right. have like one station where you know you're going to have to be camped out teaching people how to do it. And yeah. then you can, you miss their whole rest of the room. Yeah. I think the first couple times we really wanted to get kettlebell deadlifts in there but we, yeah. like i think after the second one we we're like okay we just gotta we just gotta can it like yeah. it's just it's just not worth it we take so much time teaching a new member how to kettlebell deadlift yeah and to expect to be able to teach someone that in the 10 second transition period from one station to the other right. it's not realistic so make sure that there are exercises that pretty much any, nobody could get hurt even if they're doing it a little bit wrong mm-hmm. right like a mountain climber like i've seen pretty ugly mountain climbers but nobody's hurting themselves right. doing them right yeah. so like it's okay if and we can go over and try to correct them while they're doing it and it won't be dangerous for them to try to make some modifications while they're doing it totally um, um that being said um this saturday is actually open to the public so any of you podcast listeners out there that live in the area or are happening to visit boston for some reason you can come by um preferably a little bit before 11 and uh yeah you'll be good to go it'll be a really good time such a good time yeah yeah i think uh one more thing that really makes it special is that we put um we put little note cards of like what the station is like where Mm. like so say it's it's ropes we just put ropes in a little note card and then we also put where the second half of the group should stand and on that note card we write rest and cheer yeah and it just like encourages everyone to be cheering each other on and so and when we're explaining it we kind of like jokingly say like (laughs) this is where you cheer your teammates on and so it it helps to just bring that energy and everyone's like everyone's clapping for their team as they're working and it yeah. just makes it, the vibe really, really The, the note cards actually that you kind of like make very color coordinated and very uh, pretty are actually very helpful. Um, like you would kind of like assume that people would naturally find where they should be. But they, like that's a big assumption because yeah. they, like they don't exactly know where they should stand and all that. So just by making it super simple for them makes everyone just feel much more at ease and much more understanding of what's going on. Because like. Even though friends are bringing it, or our members are bringing in their friends, like, oh, it's the most welcoming place ever. Still, those people are like, oh, I'm entering a gym, and just entering a gym, it just brings up such, like, like you know, mixed feelings, yeah, nervousness and uh, anxiety and stuff like that. So, um, the the more we can do to try to allay those up front, um, the better, and just the more energy can come up out of it. So, yeah. And anytime I get to color code anything or <laughs> use all my Sharpies, you should see my Sharpie collection. Sh- the Sharpie collection is actually ridiculous. Anytime I see new colors, I'm like, well, I have to buy it. But then usually like it's two new colors in a pack of 20 that I already have. And I'm like, but I need those two new colors. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like come tax season. It's like, oh, we got to go <laughs> operating expenses. Okay. We've got rent. We've got heat, gas, electric, we got water. And then there's like a, a separate category for markers. because She's got a, like a thousand markers. It's worth it. It's <laughs> totally worth it. 
All right. So I think those are all the questions or all the answers that we have to all of your burning questions for today. If you have any more questions for us, we would love to take them on Instagram at Achieve Fitness Boston. You can send us a message or you can email us at podcast at AchieveFitnessBoston.com. And if you wouldn't mind leaving an iTunes review, that would be super, super appreciated. We really, we see them and we really appreciate them. We got some awesome ones last week. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. So that about wraps it up. Until next time. Peace. Love. And and muscles. muscles.